Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Signs. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about a super taboo topic about family of origin and boundaries and how these affect us in adulthood. If a total stranger can treat you with basic human decency, but your family can't, something is seriously wrong with this picture. Abuse is abuse, even if it's family inflicting. You have every right to cut ties with toxic family members, even parents to protect your mental and emotional health. I also just want to clarify like the word toxic. I think that when people hear that word, they think it has to be with something super extreme like physical abuse. And this is not the case. It can be a family member that is an alcoholic because holding space for someone like that constantly is exhausting. And do you care about them? Absolutely. But you walking away and cutting ties from them does not mean you don't care. It means that you value your self-worth enough to protect your energy because ultimately that is the only thing in your control. Toxic could be you are set on this earth to break generational trauma and if your parents or family aren't respecting how you raise your child when they're in the care of them, then they need to go. I know so many parents who expect the child to hug them before they leave goodbye and get so upset if they can't hold the baby. If you're teaching your child about their body awareness and they don't want to hug, then they don't need to. And that needs to be respected by all of your family. There are so many reasons why you could cut off your family. And is it easy? Absolutely not. It's going to hurt and tug at all of the heartstrings, but I promise you we'll be better off. I know this is a very hard concept to understand, but some of you need to start cutting out family because your family is the thing that is holding you back. If you want to achieve great things in life, you have to protect your mental energy, and you can't do that when you have negative people always trying to drag you down. So be very wary with who you surround yourself with. They say that there is seven people sitting at your table, and those are the people you will become like. So choose wisely. We can also use the term enmeshed family because this is a family where there are no boundaries and people are discouraged from being individuals. If a child has the same values as a parent, that's enmeshed. But for them, that's their culture. So if you ever ask a child, what are your values? They'll be like, oh, well, my parents, blah, blah, blah. These are my parents' values. So it crosses over to enmeshed when it's, I have the same values. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be a part of this family. Like you would be outcasted if you don't do what your family says, does, or believes in. So being enmeshed is a survival tactic in a lot of dysfunctional families. The indoctrinations that go on, you usually hear like, no, but we are a family. This is what we do for a family when they're enabling bad behavior or uh, family's everything when they're trying to like guilt trip you into going to a holiday or we're just, you know, this is just how family is. Meaning like you have to accept and tolerate the shitty behavior because you're blood related. This is not true. You do not need to be in fear, obligation, or guilt 
especially within your own family system. So we're going to talk about how to set boundaries with your family. So let's break it down because boundaries are figuring out what your core values are and aligning them with your future vision while protecting your energy. Boundaries are for you. So what will you and what will you not tolerate? What behaviors will you and what will you not tolerate? Including your family. Boundaries are so fun because they're yours and you have to stick with them. They're your boundaries. You created them. And so you need to have a plan when they get broken. That's really important. Like, what am I going to do if someone doesn't respect my boundaries? Because if there's no plan, then we're not sticking to our boundaries and it just leads to this continuous cycle. So let's say you have a business that your family isn't very supportive of and you are so tired of the negativity. You voice this boundary to your family and it can send something like, hey, what I actually require as someone who is doing this all on her own is I really need positive, encouraging people in my life. If you don't have anything encouraging to say, can you refrain from saying anything or can you ask me things about my business, but like be a little bit kinder. And if they say no, then it's up to you what the consequences for them will be. So we're going to talk about three ways to determine if a boundary is healthy or not. Number one, you need to ask yourself, is this boundary leading me towards or away from peace? You may think, well, boundaries are all about peace. Of course they are. But if you're verbalizing a boundary to someone and then there's like a text war back and forth, are you really setting a boundary or are you just trying to argue a point to get that person on your side? Number two is the second way to determine whether a boundary is healthy for you is to ask yourself, does this boundary align with my core values? Your core values, you can come up with them very quickly. I would suggest three, four, or five. An example would be integrity, justice, wisdom, freedom, and health. And number three, is this boundary about revenge? Am I setting this boundary to get back at someone or am I setting this boundary for peace for myself? And those are three important questions. And I also want to talk about the grief within boundaries, especially within cutting your family off. This is hard. No one said it was easy. And I just want you to know that boundaries are not normal in our society, especially family dynamics. So once you put your foot down, they most likely won't talk to you. And this goes for like friends, family, and everyone else in between. That's good because boundaries are for you and not them. So it's showing you that they don't respect your boundaries, that they don't have boundaries themselves. Your family of origin or parents probably weren't taught boundaries, so they probably think that what you're doing is just wrong and bad because there's a lot of enmeshment in those types of family units. And we need to grieve toxic relationships just like anything else. I think there's a myth out there where people think, okay, you got rid of this toxic family member, so there should be peace and you should be doing great. And no, no, and no. There is a grieving process to this, and it's twofold. First, you grieve a person who's still alive. It's almost like a divorce, which is close to a death. So you're grieving and you're allowed to grieve. We live in a society, a westernized society, if you're in the States, where grieving is like a hurry up and heal type of deal. There's all these books on grieving and getting through grieving. You've got to grieve and move on, move on, let's go. Like this is not what I'm here to support in. I want to support you to go through the grieving process. So click the link in the show notes to book a free discovery call with me today 
so that I can help you through this. Grieving is one of my all-time favorite topics ever, and I absolutely love it. The second part is that you are grieving a relationship that you never had with someone. You're realizing you never had the relationship you wanted, so you're grieving that as well. And I really want to get into how childhood trauma affects us in adulthood. I'm just going to touch on this a little bit because this is basically like inner child work and that will most likely be like a completely different podcast. Inner child work is very in-depth and I really want to explain that later on. So we're just going to go over a few points here. Childhood trauma. If you can't seem to remember much of your younger years at all, some aspects might be a blur or you might draw a blink. When someone brings up a childhood memory and you can't recall the same one, so you'll have memory problems, poor verbal skills, and problems focusing or concentrating on tasks. This is why in my programs, I guide women back to their bodies. This is a huge disconnect between our bodies and our minds when it comes to trauma, especially childhood trauma. It's really important to actively practice being in your body. Number two is you find yourself in toxic relationships. We accept the love we think that we deserve. And I'm sure you have heard that phrase multiple times before. And if we've only been mirrored one thing, then that's what we will attract because that's all we're used to and that's all we know. That is our normal. Number three is you feel like you don't deserve love at all. People who have experienced abuse in their childhoods might avoid romantic relationships altogether. This is known as the anxious, preoccupied attachment where the individual wants to establish emotional intimacy with others but often fears rejection. Number four is you develop passive aggressiveness. If you grew up in a household with anger all the time, it can be so scarring that you might even grow fearful of this emotion. So you learned at a young age that none of your emotional needs are important, so you've only resorted to burying or suppressing them. As an adult, you will continue passive aggressive communication because straightforward communication was avoided when you were a child. Number five is negative self-talk is amplified. Childhood trauma gets into people's head and makes them believe that they won't ever be good enough. Number six is you ride an emotional roller coaster. You might either feel too much or not at all. But trauma can cause disruption in your emotional well-being and signs include like trouble making decisions, impulsive behavior, and random outbursts of anger or frustration. Number seven is you don't know who you are. Identity is difficult. And a lot of people, if I ask my clients, well, who are you? They always say, I'm a mom. I work at this job. But who are you really? If you haven't spent time on this, I really encourage you to sit down and this should be your first journaling question. Who are you outside of being a mom, out of working a nine to five job, out of doing all of the other things that you do? Because yes, that is a part of you, but that is not who you are. You have your own core values, your own core goals. Like who are you as a person? So I encourage you all. Number eight is if you grow up in a household with a parent who was an addict, then it can lead to struggles with addiction. Number nine is struggles balancing weight, whether it be obesity or being severely underweight. And this is because you're constantly in a shift of flight, fight, or freeze. I want to share with you guys three things I wish everyone knew before they were 20 because I wish I knew these things sooner. Cut your family off. If your family is toxic, do not be afraid to cut them off. I hear all the time from clients and friends about how they just can't do it because that's their family. 
or it, I mean, like it doesn't matter. You don't need to waste your energy taking several steps back in your healing journey to try and heal in the same place that hurt you. Number two is stop seeking approval from your family and other people. They might know you the best. And I say this with quotations around it because no one truly knows you better than yourself. And no one can tell you what to do because they aren't living your life. You are. I cannot tell you how many people I know that genuinely do not make decisions without getting approval from their family or friends. Like, I'm not asking anybody about anything I'm doing in my life. I'm telling you, and you'll be lucky if I do that. And number three is to stop explaining to people why you cut your family off. It's nobody's business, and they weren't there. Even siblings can have a different idea in their mind of how your parents were to them, so you don't need to explain to anyone. So, please join me in repeating this phrase. Today, I choose to honor my boundaries. I'm going to say no to the things that don't feel good for me. I'm not obligated to anybody or anything. I am choosing to focus on what feels good for me and walking away from anything that feels suffocating. I'm not fighting for anything in my life. What is meant for me will always be meant for me. And I can allow things to flow to me easily. I love myself unconditionally. I just want you to know that if you have cut off your family of origin or in the process of cutting them off, I see you. You're not alone. You're allowed to set boundaries and those boundaries are allowed to hurt. You can break the cycle and set some boundaries. Boundaries are freedom and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at HealWithMegan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.